0: This is episode number 53 with Deborah Pasquale-Bonero. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy. Deborah is a Lamaze International Childbirth Educator, birth and postpartum doula trainer, the director of the award-winning documentary Orgasmic Birth, The Best Kept Secret, co-writer of Orgasmic Birth, Your Guide to a Safe, Satisfying and Pleasurable Birth, and the founder and president of the online childbirth class Pain to Power, which prepares expectant mothers, fathers and parents to be positively prepared for birth and focuses on the intimate and sacred nature of birth. Deborah's passion comes from her over 30 years of working with women, men, midwives, doulas and physicians in over 40 countries, bringing comfort, love and pleasure to birth and life. Sounds good, to me, In today's episode, we chat about her journey from hearing her nonna and her great nonna's birthing stories to becoming an orgasmic childbirth educator, how you can have a gentle and orgasmic birth. Yes, it is totally possible. Why you want to be mindful of your dialogue always, but even more so around birth and pregnancy. Why you have to have a love affair with desire and pleasure every every single day and what this can do for your birth, how to literally dance our babies out into the world, why love and respect are two things you must feel during childbirth and what this can do for you, why sexuality during childbirth is so important, the power of healing sexual trauma plus so much more and for everything that Deborah and I mention in today's episode you can check out in the show notes and that is over at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 53 and without further ado let's bring on this beautiful goddess the one and only Deborah Pasquale Bonero. Deborah, it is so great to have you on the show. And I'm very excited about today's conversation. But before we dive in, can you please tell us what you had for breakfast this morning?
1: Oh, hey Melissa, that's a great one. I have my favorite breakfast, and that is the night before to take coconut milk yogurt with some oatmeal and vanilla almond milk and mix it all together and let it sit. And in the morning, have a Nice big scoop of that with a bunch of berries.
0: Mm, that sounds delicious. Really, really delicious. So, You are the director of the epic documentary, Orgasmic Birth, The Best Kept Secret, and you're the co-author of the book, Orgasmic Birth, Your Guide to a Safe, Satisfying and Pleasurable Birth Experience. And you've got your newest baby, which is Pain to Power, which is an online childbirth class that will provide you with the keys to move from pain to pleasure in childbirth and beyond. But can you take us back and tell us how you got to where you
1: are today? Oh, I love that question because it's been an amazing journey to be able to create, as you say, the film and the book and now a course, but it really began when I was a little girl. I just always was fascinated with birth and you'd probably never guess it from my name, but I come from a big Italian family. Me too. do you?
0: Yes, yeah, Ambrosini is very Italian.
1: Yes, so there we go. So you know what it's like to have kind of growing up with your mother and your nonna and your great-grandmother and the aunts and cousins and, you know, we all got together all the time. And I was really blessed that I was a little girl and my great-grandmother, when she was young, had immigrated from Italy to the US and had had eight children here in the area where I still live. Um, her first baby's in New York City, but then out in more the country, as she called it, in northern New Jersey. And I would love to have her tell me her birth stories. And she told them with joy, with power, with passion, with pleasure, and never once did she say to me pain or fear. She talked about challenge and hard and work, but she talked about moving and working in the farm and then leaning over the kitchen sink. And, you know, when you're a little girl and you kind of watch your 85-year-old great-grandmother waddle to the sink and show you how she would lean over it and birth a baby, I thought, well, if anybody at 85 can lean over and birth a baby, what could birth be about? Cause I couldn't picture her at 20 doing that. So. She started me on a path of seeing birth through a lens of joy and pleasure and love and power and something that I could just see in her eyes whenever she told her stories, it lit her up. And so fast forward, when it was time for me to give birth, I expected the same experience. And at the time I was birthing my sons, and especially the first one, This kind of uh, joy was not being talked about. It was already where people were coming into hospital, where she had all her children at home, and literally being put down, both physically and, I believe, emotionally, and birth was you know, medicalized in a way that I didn't see the joy that she spoke about, that my grandmother spoke about, and that my mother eventually spoke about. So, it set me on a quest for my own birth to claim my power and that really brought me in to realize how many other people didn't have a old great-grandmother who told them beautiful, powerful birth stories. And so that set me on a path to become a childbirth educator and then a doula. And then ultimately to say, we need to take this message global because this is a secret that shouldn't be a secret. It really is something that everybody deserves.
0: I absolutely agree with you. Before we go any further, how many children do you have?
1: I have three sons that I gave birth to, two that came along with my second husband. So I always tease, you know, they were really gentle, easy births for me, right? Because I didn't give birth to them, but I've been joy to raise them. And then one daughter that's kind of adopted by the heart. So a total of six. Wow.
0: And so your three that you birthed, were they a vaginal natural birth for
1: you? Yes, they were actually very gentle, pleasurable vaginal births. Okay. So the concept of
0: gentle and orgasmic childbirth may seem crazy to some people. And we've had Dr. Sarah Buckley on the show before and, and she was amazing and really opened our eyes to ecstatic birth. And I know you guys have worked together. She's in your documentary, but For some people, the word gentle and orgasmic, putting them in the same sentence just seems so far out. So, can you please tell us how we can experience this orgasmic, gentle birth? Like, I've watched the documentary and the whole time I was watching it, I was just like, yes! This is it. This is what it's meant to be like. Yes. And it got me so excited. I mean, I have a stepson and I haven't birthed any children yet, but you know, for when that may happen in the future, like I felt so empowered watching this documentary. And I'm curious to know, have you had people watch it and feel and have that same reaction that I've had? And have you also had the polarity, the opposite where people have just completely dismissed it and said oh that that's ridiculous or that won't happen or or that, you know they don't
1: know or whatever have you had both ends of the spectrum That's a great question. First of all, I'm so happy to hear that you were going, yes, 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 and that it's empowering you because I believe it's everybody's birthright. And I love Dr. Sarah Buckley and, and her work is really foundational in showing us the hormonal physiology of why this works and why it's not only possible, but I always say having uh, a birth that's your own hormones that's supported by science it's basically a sexy scientific birth science says this is possible so to your question when people watch the film i would say the vast majority have your reaction yes 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 and those people that have had maybe a challenging birth a difficult birth and I'd like to honor that, you know, labor and birth is 50% a baby's journey and 50% the mother's kind of desires and her experience. And even though we have an invitation to our babies to be born gently and pleasurably, sometimes our babies for their reasons or their safety sometimes do benefit from medical care. And so I There, I wouldn't want anyone to feel guilty or to say, well, you know, my baby needed to have a cesarean. Well, there are many ways to make that cesarean gentler and still have joy and pleasure and love within it. So I think we need to broaden kind of our definition because I feel every birth has the capability to be a birth that's filled with love and done in a gentle respectful way. So I think that sometimes people that have had difficult experience that haven't been done in a way that really honored and respected and nurtured them watch the film and can find it very difficult. But often what I hear from them is that the moment, their tears are often of sadness for not having the experience, but what the film awakens in them is an understanding that even in a challenging situation... It could be different. And what I find is for them, if they go on to have more children, they often can do it in whatever way birth still asks them to give birth safely, but to do it in a way that's more honored, respected, and still gentle in any situation. The pushback of people that can't kind of get their head around any aspect of this are people who never see the film, but just hear two words orgasmic birth. And for a lot of people, Putting a word like orgasmic next to birth really rocks their world because of this Madonna horror complex we have that mothers can't be sexual beings. And so the big debates that I see are people that just get pushed out of their comfort zone by two words and never really take the time to understand what we mean or to see the film and read the book and understand the concept and how it truly is possible for everyone to give birth actually safely um, and involve pleasure.
0: Mm. Dr. Sarah Buckley says that the same hormones to make a baby are the same hormones to birth a baby. And when I heard that, I was like, of course of course that's the case. And it just got me so excited. Like I said, the same reaction that I had when I watched the documentary. And I feel like every single human being on this planet needs to watch this documentary, not just women. I think men need to to watch it as well. And we can put a link to it in the show notes so everyone can go and, and watch it. Because I wish, you know, this is what they should be showing in sex education in high school. This is the documentary that they should be showing. Not the horrific birth videos on, on YouTube that I saw, and we were just told, wear a condom and don't get pregnant. And that was it. That was the extent of our education. But I wish they had have showed this, like how empowering. And like I said, the whole way through watching this video and same with my husband, we both just felt incredibly empowered and our whole body was, you know, screaming, yes, yes, yes. So for those people that haven't watched it, please do yourself a favor. And, you know, it's not a long documentary. It's I think it's an hour and a half. Is, is that correct?
1: Yes. That is correct. 82 minutes.
0: 82 minutes. And everyone has that time. So curl up with your hubby or with your partner and watch it or on your own with your girlfriends and educate yourself because like you say, it's the best kept secret. But can you tell us how we can experience this orgasmic, gentle birth? How can we make that as much of a reality as we possibly can for ourselves?
1: First of all, I think everyone needs to, just like I did, connect with what was your own birth like? What were the births of your mothers, grandmothers, great-grandmothers? Because we've been given a lot of messages about birth. and. As I said, I was blessed that those messages were powerful and pleasurable, but sadly for many people, the messages are fearful and painful. And the first thing we need to do is kind of clear those cobwebs to really look at where do our perceptions about birth, about our bodies, and I would go deeper about sexuality, where do they come from, which ones serve us, and which ones do we want to replace. And then the next thing, once you've kind of looked at your kind of landscape, so you know what's pushing your buttons, if anything is about looking at birth from a pleasurable perspective, is I always say we birth the way we live. And so, my next question to people is, how often in a day do you make time for moments of pleasure? And that's kind of a great one to think about. And How do you define pleasure? So, for me, pleasure is eating dark chocolate. And I had some great dark chocolate before we started our talk today. And even when, you know, I'm having a challenging day, and I would say even more, I need to take those moments of three minutes of my favorite music on and dancing wildly around the room. I can shift myself, even in my most difficult moments, into moments of pleasure in three minutes. And so, one of the things I would encourage people to do is look at that. We deserve to have pleasure every day. And some of you that may be sexual pleasure and I include that too that's an awesome thing whether by yourself or with a partner but I broaden pleasure to the many other ways that we can find that kind of joy and ecstasy even in small increments because in labor you have three to five minutes between each surge. So even if you might define the sensation itself as a little bit of a challenge, what you do in between can still be pleasure. And it's possible to have pain and pleasure in birth. But the more you stimulate pleasure, the less you feel pain because the pleasure hormones are your natural pain medication, the beta endorphins. So getting comfortable with leading with pleasure is actually the best way you can alleviate pain in labor that I know of. So there are many simple ways, and I could go on and on and on. Those are kind of my beginning tips, but there's a whole host of ways that we can prepare in pregnancy, body, mind, spirit, and also addressing sexuality that totally transforms how you experience birth. Mm, I
0: absolutely agree. And I really want to encourage everyone to dive deep into that work before they embark on their pregnancy journey. And I just wanted to touch on, I love the fact that you used the word surge as opposed to contraction. Because even when I say the word contraction, my body kind of goes in, my shoulders kind of come forward a little bit, my cells tense, as opposed to the word surge, I feel like almost like a river flowing. And I love that you use that language. And I think the language that we use is so important, not only in birth, but in everyday life. I always say that the universe or God or whatever you believe in, the universe is listening. And the words that you use are so important. And so for me, I'm very careful with my dialogue, especially around, you know, a lot of my friends are having babies and, you know, the dialogue that I use is very important. And I say the word surge and use really mindful dialogue. So I love that you said that. And I also love that you said, we birth the way we live. And for me, that's really, really a beautiful reminder To get into the practice now, to inject more pleasure into my everyday life and do that every single day. One of my really good friends, Susanna, she had, she dedicated 2017 to uh, a year of pleasure and desire. And so every day she followed, you know, she did things that gave her pleasure and desire and she made a commitment to it. And I was talking to her the other day and I said, how's it going? And she's like, it's just been amazing and and so heart opening. And so whatever gives you that pleasure, whether it's the dark chocolate, whether it's sitting and having a cup of tea or taking a bath with some essential oils. Whatever is your definition of desire and pleasure, do that and do it every single day. For me, something as simple as A coconut oil and essential oil, full body self-love massage just gets every hormone and cell in my body dancing. So please do those things that give you pleasure and desire every single day. Be mindful of your dialogue and remember that we birth the way that we live. I love that so much.
1: Oh, thank you. And I love how you talked about language, yeah, because language and birth, but as you said, language every day, you know, what we say, and especially what we think and say, what our mind feels and hears, our body responds to. And I love surge because for me, it's my personal power surge, but I love how you talked about kind of the river flowing too. We each kind of interpret what gives us that gentle, pleasurable feeling.
0: So, can you talk about dancing our babies into the world? What does that mean?
1: It can be literal because I often say to people, you know, belly dancing traditionally was preparation for birth. My great-grandmother knew that the last thing you wanted to do in labor was lay down, that you need to move the mother to move the baby, and the baby has this journey it needs to make through our bodies. It's rotating and turning, and one of the greatest analogies I ever heard years ago is like, A baby coming out of our body through a vagina is kind of the analogy like putting on tight jeans. And if you've ever put on really tight jeans, if you could imagine someone putting them on your ankles, laying you down on a bed and telling you to pretty much stay still but try to slide them up we never get them on. You know, you stand there and you're upright, right? And you're kind of wiggling and shaking and maybe even jumping up and down a little bit. And we kind of have to work it to get on tight clothes. Or another way would be your ring. If your ring is tight on your finger, you can't pull it straight over the fat knuckle. So, our medical model puts people in bed, puts people still. And then when the ring can't come over the fat knuckle or the baby can't make its way through the pelvis, we do a cesarean where really all we need to do to get your ring off is lube it a little bit and wiggle it. And that jiggle and wiggle will slide it over the fat knuckle and out. And so movement and labor, that kind of dancing is really important And I love for people to create set lists of their favorite music from that slow, sensuous, juicy, turn on music to let's get down and drum and go wild um, and everything in between. And at different times in labor, it's wonderful to match the rhythm that your body and your baby are calling you to, to the rhythm of some good music and literally move and dance.
0: I love that. I didn't know that that was traditionally where belly dancing came from. And it makes so much sense. Like the last thing you want to do is get flat on your back and lay down and be still of course it makes so much sense you want to be swinging your hips you want to be moving so the baby is like all right let's do this let's let's slide on out of here let's dance on out of here it makes so much sense and i love in the documentary the couple that have the drums and isn't that beautiful it's just so beautiful
1: alex and john And John is a professional musician and he just, like in labor, just thought, okay, let me get those drums out, right? And started creating music for her to dance to. It was so beautiful.
0: That gets me so excited because I I used to be a professional dancer and I love dancing. So you've inspired me, like, you know, to... Eventually create a playlist. I think that's a great idea. Create a playlist of songs that really get your hips moving. And my husband's also a musician, so Ah there you go. You know, that's 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 really, really exciting. It makes so much sense. And I love that. I love dancing our babies into the world. What a beautiful what a beautiful thing. It just makes me
1: smile. And doesn't that feel so much nicer? Like when you realize how much we can shift the language to create a completely different experience. Like when you're dancing, it's hard to be afraid.
0: Totally. And, and more relaxed. I can imagine. I mean, I haven't, I haven't, burst a baby but i can imagine that you know laying on your back tight tensed contracted not moving and pushing as opposed to swaying and and having free flowing hips like being a dancer you're going to be more flexible your body's going to be more limber as opposed to just laying in one stagnant position i can imagine that that would then be easier for the baby to dance out into the world no
1: Oh, definitely. When women are upright and moving and really following the rhythm that their body is asking them to go to, their labor is significantly different. I mean, science tells us it's about 25% shorter. And we certainly know that when women lay down, not only is the labor longer, but it's more painful. So I kind of joke with people in my classes all the time. You know, you can decide to lay on your back and have a longer, harder, more painful labor, or I can show you all kinds of things but you know how to dance, you know different things that you can do to move and not only will you have more joy and pleasure, but labor will be shorter and easier. So what would you prefer?
0: Mm, I know which one I'd prefer, that's for sure. <laughs> so Childbirth can play a powerful role in women's lives. You know, it's a rite of passage. And when they are permitted to experience it fully, it can be such a transformational experience. But what is a full experience. What does that look like? And how can we have a full experience so that we can experience this powerful rite of passage?
1: Yeah. Great question. And, you know, I would answer that from the research that we have in just interviewing so many women to say, you know, what made their experience powerful and positive and and joyful? And we know that the criteria is pretty simple. You know, there are people that think, oh, it's got to be whether you have, you know, a short vaginal birth or is it, you know, a long birth with many interventions or a cesarean would be negative. And it's really not true. What it comes down to is people really want to be supported. So, did you have the people with you that you desire? And I always say, you know, labor is a loving your baby through your body into the world it's about loving yourself and it's about having the people there with you that love you the more love you bring to the experience as sarah buckley would say right the oxytocin the hormone of love the quicker and easier and gentler labor will be so the first criteria is just really being in that state and having those people there that love and respect you the next aspect that people really always talk about is that they were part of decision making. I mean, think about any important day of your life, you know, other days that you might view as a significant rite of passage or transformation or time of change. How does it feel if other people are making all the decisions for you? That's kind of crummy. So, really, Being Having a powerful birth, a pleasurable birth, really means that you're taking the power, you're a part of decision-making, your voice is honored and heard, and that's why preparing is so important so that you understand what each option is and what those benefits or risks are so that you can make the best decision for you and your baby. And then on top of that is really the word respect. And this is sacred work. And you always want to know that you're being respected in the process. So again, really important that when you meet with your caregivers, um, that you feel they really respect and honor you, that they're going to be listening to your voice and involving you in that collaborative decision-making. And it seems that those things are more important because you could have a very short labor that from the outside people go, wow, a two hours vaginal birth. But it could be really traumatic if you were disrespected, if no one was there to love you and support you. And if in the process, things were done to you without your decision or your approval And other people have a much longer labor, but are loved through the process, supported, nurtured, honored, respected, understand their choices, and participate in every decision. And that becomes them claiming their power in birth. Mm,
0: I love that so much so, so much. It's just so beautiful. Love, you know, being a part of the decision making and respect 2 very, very powerful things. And I, I really, really love that. So thank you so much for mentioning it.
1: You're welcome. Because when you give birth, and I should add this, that so many people don't realize, you know, it's a day you'll remember forever. And there are other significant days in our lives. And we'll remember them, But we'll remember every detail about our birth. We'll remember how we felt, how people made us feel. You can ask a woman at 95, you know, what she had for breakfast, and she may forget. And, you know, have a little trouble with certain issues, but you ask her about her birth and she'll tell it to you if she was unmedicated like it was yesterday. And not only how it happened, but you'll see the tears well up in her eyes and the emotions, hopefully, of joy and power and pleasure will be right there. And so it's really important to realize, as you said so well, Melissa, this is a rite of passage and you deserve to do it in your way because it's a memory that you will hold and treasure all your life.
0: Mm, I love that so much. And Going back to talking about sexuality and in my new book, I've got uh, coming out very soon. It's called Open Wide, The Radically Real Guide to Deep Love, Rocking Relationships and Soulful Sex. I talk a lot about sexuality and reconnecting with our divine feminine God essence, I call it and getting back in touch with our sexuality. And I go deep into it. So this is a topic that I'm really passionate about. But sexuality and childbirth are not two words that most people would put in the same sentence. But why is staying connected to our sexuality during childbirth so important? And how can we do
1: that? First of all, I can't wait to read your new book. Wow, what a title and what a topic. So, congratulations. Thank you so much. And I really love the question too, because I think that stripping sexuality from birth has been the one number one reason we've made birth so complicated and so difficult. And it's really hard for me to even comprehend how we've done this, because If men were the ones giving birth, and we told them that from a minimum of two hours to two days, they'd have all kinds of sensations and things happening in their penis, but never does this have anything to do with sexuality? They would never buy it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, when I say that at big talks, men in the audience all laugh because I say, like, how many of you raised your hands would never think about sex if something was happening for this long in your, what you perceive as your sexual parts? And no one, but we've stripped the sexuality out of birth for women and yet, Birth is happening in our deepest, most intimate, sensuous sexual parts. The baby is moving through our vagina, is often hitting the G spot. And as we all know, as women, there are conditions when we are wet and juicy and our vagina opens. We know the aroused vagina can open up to two inches, right, to enjoy pleasure. And Think about giving birth. You have the biggest thing that your baby that needs to come through your vagina into the world. And often we're giving birth in an environment that on a good day, Our vaginas do not want three strangers yelling four-letter words at us, push, push, push. We're not getting wet and juicy and open. What our vaginas are doing are shutting down, closing down, saying no way. And I believe so many babies have been sucked out, cut out, and pulled out. Based on this. So the first thing to really understand is to honor birth is a part of our sexuality. As you said, the energy that gets the baby in gets the baby out and the right environment and the right circumstances to open to intimacy are the same criteria we need for birth. Our hormones are the same of orgasm as childbirth, and our body doesn't know the difference. It doesn't say, okay, I can have an intimate sexual experience only by myself or with my partner, and if strangers walk in, the experience shuts down. And then, okay, but I'm going to go give birth, with all kinds of strangers coming in and out, doing things hooked up to wires and monitors, and I expect to run the same hormones. It just doesn't happen. So when we really honor that birth is a part of sexuality, we can begin in pregnancy to go deeper and look at what will honor that. And I do want to say for all the people that are listening, and maybe sexuality has been challenging for those that are survivors of sexual abuse this can be an extra challenging thought but it is an opportunity it is why we include the story of a survivor of sexual abuse in our documentary orgasmic birth and also write about it in our book because so many people are survivors and pregnancy is an opportunity to go deeper into healing to prepare for birth in a way so that your sexuality is honored. And as Helen in our documentary shows, Birth was the time that she really healed more than a thousand therapists. It was a time she reclaimed her body and was able to really heal her sexuality. So when we understand what's available for us in pregnancy to go deep and delve into our sexuality, to our healing, to our growth, to our expansion, then we can bring that into birth and really create an amazing experience.
0: I love that so much. And thank you so much for mentioning that. And I talk about this in open wide as well, because a lot of people have had sexual trauma and have a lot of pain in their womb. And it's, you know, Sometimes forced them to close down and shut off. But I love that you said this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity for you to let go and open wide and really do some deep healing around that. And it's totally possible. And I want to encourage anyone who has had any trauma or anything like that to please get support. You know, you don't have to move through this on your own. And you're not broken. You are not. Broken. You are not broken. Reach out, whether it's to a holistic therapist or someone who you love and trust and get some support whilst you move through this because you don't have to carry this through with you for the rest of your life. And you don't have to let it shape and mold your future. You can let this go and you are not broken. I love that you say, women of the earth take back your birth. I love that so much.
1: What does that mean? That means that we have a generation or more of women that have literally been put down in birth. That put on gowns and are stripped of their identity that are really birthing often without a full opening to their sexuality, their sensuality, their power. And I think now more than ever in humanity, we need the feminine rising. We need women to understand that in birth, when you into that inner wisdom and that deep power that is within you and you feel it more than ever when you're birthing a baby, no one will ever put you down again. You will take this power forward to be a fierce mother. You will take it forward in your career, in your relationships, in just everything that you do. And right now, understanding that when birth got stripped from women and we didn't open up to the full power that we have, I think it was a way of keeping the feminine down. And it's not to say that we don't want to honor the masculine. They play an important role. It's really about coming into balance. But the balance happens when women in birth take back their birth. And we really all give birth in wholeness. Mm, I love that. And I also
0: talk about this in Open Wide. It's not about... You know, dismissing the masculine. There's a balance and we all have masculine and feminine energy within us. And we have it within our relationships that polarity has to exist. And it's not about one being better or more powerful. And when we can balance and dance between the two within ourselves and within our partnerships, that's when life really starts to flow and get juicy and fun. And you you know, for me, it's there's times in my life where I need to to be more masculine and there's times where I need to be more feminine and it's beautiful. And I have that awareness and that consciousness that I can dance between the two as elegantly as I possibly can. And I really want to encourage everyone to do that within themselves.
1: Well said. We really do need that. But I, you know, in birth, I feel this is the time to really tap into that balance. And it's been stripped. I feel that the the last 80 to 100 years where birth moved into a medical model and not to blame anyone too. You know, doctors, midwives, nurses, our medical system has given us huge benefits of health and safety and everyone that's doing it is doing it with the best of intentions. Anyone going into maternity care gives up their holidays, their birthdays, they work nights, they do it with a love and passion to improve care. So I do want to say that it's really that we created a system that's dysfunctional. Our system lost sight of some of the basics. Our system, by stripping sexuality, by missing the sacredness, by kind of becoming so medicalized and only on a physical plane, we lost that emotional, spiritual, and sexual. Um, we really stripped away so much. And we're right at that tipping point right now where we're all recognizing that it is a dysfunctional system. And as we heal the system, then as in any dysfunction, good people get put in difficult places because of that. And then once the system is whole and can honor what needs to happen, then our doctors and midwives and people that work in the hospital will have it so much easier. And not that there aren't many of them now like Dr. Buckley and other doctors and midwives and nurses that are reclaiming this power, but We need the majority there and it's going to still take some time and that's why each person needs to do their own work and their own journey and really know where you're giving birth and with whom and where are they on this paradigm shift so that you can have the full potential available to open to birth.
0: I love that. And I love that you say birth is sexual, safe, unobserved, and uninterrupted. And I just want to encourage every single person, whether you're thinking about having a baby or not, because we all know, even if we don't want to have a baby, we all know someone who is about to birth or who is going to birth or maybe in the future. And this documentary is. Just so empowering, whether you're thinking about it for yourself or not. Please do yourself a favor and carve out this time to sit and watch this. It is so inspiring and empowering. And I think it is essential watching for every single human being on this planet.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Melissa. And it's so simple, right? Because they can rent it digitally or download it. So, Right on our website, it's available in multiple languages. So I really appreciate that you feel, of course, as I do, that this is an important conversation. And wherever you feel on the spectrum about birth um, this is shifting I've had so many even young people we showed it in some high schools and you mentioned that earlier and it was incredible we did a pre questionnaire with high school seniors before they saw the film about their perceptions about birth and then we repeated it after the film and the shift was phenomenal and the discussions that came up and you know I hope it really planted the seed that each one of them went. it comes to a point in their life where they may be um, pregnant or supporting someone pregnant and looking at birth, that they'll look at it through a new lens now because of that opportunity.
0: Mm. I just, I'm, I'm so excited for everyone. I'm really excited. Once you've watched it, let us know what you thought in the show notes. But now I would love to shift gears a little bit and turn the spotlight onto you. And I would love to know, Deborah, what is bringing you the most joy in your life right now?
1: Ah, oh, great questions. Well, I'd have to say multiple things. And one, I'm just having the time of my life right now with my husband because our children are all grown and the last ones have left the nest. And we are just, I feel like we're back like kids almost, we're just enjoying so much our friends and our family and making a lot more playful time because we have that. I'm also loving my grandsons. They bring me such joy and pleasure to be with them and see, you know, my son and his wife as parents. But I also have to say, I love what I do, bringing orgasmic birth and pain-to-power childbirth around the world and seeing people take in this knowledge, personalize it, and use it in whatever way in their own life to spark their pleasure and their power. So, I truly have this wonderful space where I'm just in so much gratitude and really feeling that I'm living kind of the joyful, pleasurable life that I talk about. Beautiful.
0: Now, what's one thing that you're working on or would like to improve within yourself at the moment? Is there anything?
1: Yes. Two things that I'm working on, if I can do two, one is we're literally working right now to bring pain-to-power childbirth around the world so that people from wherever they are can learn all these secrets, tips, and tricks and do it in their own time and space to prepare for a pleasurable birth. So, we're really kind of just in The marketing of how to bring that out in a bigger way. And the other thing that I'm kind of thinking about, but just kind of having my own little dance with is creating another documentary and trying to decide, is it the right time? What should it be? Um, And just kind of, it's gestating right now. So I know that I'm getting ready to birth another project and just like truly getting pregnant. It takes that time to find the right moment and then be ready to go. Do you
0: know what this one will be about? It'll be a similar, you know, similar theme, orgasmic birthing, or will it be completely different?
1: I think it's going to be completely different because I feel like we've really explored orgasmic birth in our documentary. I don't feel called for an orgasmic birth, too. I am working with other filmmakers, though, both in Brazil and in Japan, who are filming um kind of their own version of orgasmic birth that I'm a part of, but to bring it into their cultural context. So, I am doing collaborative projects with other filmmakers around orgasmic birth, but I feel for my own project, there's still several other things within birth, I mean, for sure about birth, but I think deeper into just pleasure in general that I'd like to bring out just as I said, we birth the way we live. I feel there's a lot to explore in how we're living and how we're preparing for birth.
0: Mm, beautiful. Well, I, I really hope you make that documentary because I'd love to see it. Thank, Thank you. you. So now let's pretend you have a magic wand and you could put one book in the school curriculum of every single high school around the world. Now, besides your book, let's pretend that's already in the curriculum. Which book would you choose?
1: Mm, that's a, an interesting one. And obviously, I'd go around birth because I feel that birth is left off. Um, and as much as I'd want to say my orgasmic birth, it wouldn't be because our book is really not for school age. I think I'd probably go with either, and again, it's like hard for me to pick one, either Sarah Buckley's Gentle Birth, Gentle Mothering, or Ina Mae Gaskin's, Ina May's Guide to Childbirth. Um, I think that either of them... Would really be a great intro in a school program to look at the wholeness of birth.
0: Mm, Beautiful. Great. Thank you for sharing those. Now, let's talk about how your day looks. Do you have a morning routine? I love hearing about how people prime themselves for the day, how they set themselves up for a juicy, successful day. So, what is your morning routine and how does that unfold for you?
1: First of all, I have to say I love my morning coffee and I love everything from grinding the beans and smelling it and it's kind of like this little ritual that I love, and then I enjoy the cup. But as the coffee is brewing, once I've done that, I spend time, you may know, in Bali with Robin Lim. And I've really been blessed to have a friend there that's carved some beautiful Balinese um, wooden statues, gods and goddesses. And I have a little altar set up, and I love to take my morning to light a candle and to get my mala. And do some of my kind of blessings, intentions, meditation, just to take that time in deep connection, often in, I always try to have three things that I'm grateful for as I begin each day. And that kind of time, and sometimes it's five minutes, sometimes it's 20 minutes. It, it all varies in what my day is, but making that mindful time and then enjoying my cup of coffee with my husband after is my morning routine that I love.
0: Mm, That's so beautiful. And speaking of gratitude, what are three things you're most recently grateful for in your life?
1: I'm really grateful that a friend that I met recently in Ireland, I actually got up, these were mine today, is going to be coming next week to the US for the first time. And I'm really grateful that I'm going to get to spend some time with Noreen here. I'm also grateful And I mentioned Robin Lim, that the volcano is going off in Bali lately, but that everyone is safe. So I've been really lighting candles and holding them and so grateful that they're doing well. And the mothers and babies that are coming at this time are still having gentle, beautiful, loving, supported births there. And my third gratitude this morning was that I'm going to get to be with my grandchildren tomorrow morning and take them to school. I don't usually get them so early in the morning. So that was my, those were my three this morning.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. I love that. And now I've got three rapid fire questions for you. Okay. What is one of the most important things that we can do for our
1: health? Eat healthy. Food is thy medicine.
0: Absolutely. What is one of the most important things that we can do for more wealth in our life? So, more abundance in all areas of our life.
1: Gratitude. I think the more we open to be grateful for what we have, what so often abundance makes abundance, and having an attitude of gratitude creates more abundance.
0: And what is one of the most important things that we can do for more love in our life?
1: Love begins with ourselves. So I always say go within. Love yourself. When you love yourself, then you're more lovable to others. And really finding each day, whether it's looking in the mirror or just looking within, but to list the things that you love about yourself. Be gentle with yourself. Mm,
0: I love that. Gentle, gentle with ourselves. We're so hard on ourselves sometimes and it's not serving us. We've got to be gentle. So thank you for that beautiful reminder. And before I ask you the last question, is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners?
1: I would want to kind of say to everyone as the last thing is that you have such wisdom. We have wisdom inside ourselves. You know, so often when people are pregnant, like you don't wake up in the morning and say, Today I have to grow 25 brain cells, three kidney cells. One liver cell. Like we just trust, right? That the baby's growing. We have this wisdom that the divine, that our body knows how to do this. And I wish we could bring that same wisdom. That's the wisdom you should be trusting in birth. The body that grows the baby knows how to birth the baby. But even in so much of life, I think we live in such a time of fear and doubt. And I wish everyone would listen to that inner voice that we know. That There is an inner knowing and connection. um, And you know how to do it. You know how to birth your baby and trust that. Oh.
0: Yes. I love that. Trust, trust, trust. Beautiful. Thank you for that reminder. And thank you for the amazing work that you are doing in the world. I'm so grateful there is someone out there like you blazing the trail and rewriting how birth. Uh, can be perceived. And I'm just so glad it's you. And I want to encourage everyone to read your book, watch the documentary, check out your course. We'll link to everything in the show notes. But before we go, what is one thing that I personally and the listeners can do to serve you today?
1: Oh, what a beautiful question. One thing everyone could do is to, as you said, watch the film and I'd love to hear your comments. I'd love for you to share your message of what thinking about birth as a part of sexuality and bringing more pleasure to birth and life means. Because it means so much to me that we come together and spread this message and help others understand it. Oh Well, we will link to everything
0: in the show notes, like I mentioned, and please let Deborah and I know in the comments, in the show notes, what you thought of the documentary. I can't wait to read everyone's comments. Me too. Yeah, yeah. So we'll be in there. Don't you worry. So thank you so much, Deborah. I am so grateful for your time and I'm so grateful for the work that you are doing. Please keep doing it. Keep. Uh, producing these amazing documentaries and thank you from the bottom of my heart I'm very grateful
1: thank you so much Melissa and to everyone who's listening it's truly been my pleasure
0: guys please do yourself a favor and watch her documentary get her book check out her online program and forward this episode on to any of your friends who are thinking about having a baby or who are currently pregnant because I got so much out of today's episode and I hope you did too. And if you did, please subscribe and leave me a five-star review in iTunes or on your podcast app because that means that we can inspire even more women to take back their birth together. We get to do this together, which is amazing. And don't forget to tell me on social media, either on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, who you would like me to have on the show. And for everything that Deborah and I mention in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes. And that is at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 53. And you can also listen to all my other episodes there too. Also, just a reminder that you can now pre-order my next book, Open Wide, The Radically Real Guide to Deep Love, Rocking Relationships and Soulful Sex. And if you pre order before December 18, you can get your hands on some epic bonuses that I don't want you to miss out on. So all you have to do is head to melissaambrosini.com forward slash open wide to pre order your copies now. Also, tickets for the open wide tour that I will be doing with my husband in January and February of 2018 are now available and they are selling fast. So head Head to nickandmelissa.com to get your tickets today. Thank you so much for being here, for being so open and for wanting to be the best version of yourself possible and for showing up today for you. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode please share it with them right now. Take a screenshot, send them a text message, an email, do whatever you have to do to get this in their ears right now. And until next time, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.